Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Before we get to uh, Social Studies, an update from uh, Cardinals Camp today. All right. It's not much of an update, but our own Tyler Drake is out there covering the Cardinals for ArizonaSports.com. He tweets, Kyler Murray is throwing on the side. Hasn't done much other than that. Hollywood Brown isn't taking part in drills either. He is not? No. Okay. So there you go. There's the latest from uh, Tyler Drake. Uh, 9 o'clock is here. Time for some social studies where we look at what's going on on our Twitter account at Bickley underscore Murata. And Sarah Cazell takes us through it, as always. Here you go, Sarah. All right. Let's do this thing. Social studies every single day at 9 o'clock, like Vince said on Twitter, at Bickley underscore Murata. That's where all of the questions go, and that is where I pull all of my favorite answers, which we will dive into right now. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals, now two days away from their first preseason game against the Bengals in Cincinnati. And they released uh, their first depth chart, which is going to reflect who's expected to start in this game on Friday. So what under-the-radar player do you guys believe will have the biggest impact this season. There are four options to vote on, but if your guy is missing, of course, throw him in there. Under the radar player to have the biggest impact this season. Is it Dennis Gardeck? Is it Eno Benjamin? Lucky Fotu or Greg Dortch? I'm going to vote for my guy, What a Dortch. What a Dorch! It's more impactful because, when you turn your because even though I think Eno Benjamin is where I would like to cast my vote, I just don't see the opportunities. I just don't see the sure. carries. I I don't know. Everything seems right now like Eno Benjamin would be above Daryl Williams on the running back wow. depth chart right Holy now at number two cow. behind James Conner. I might be off on that. But Daryl Williams hasn't been talked about a ton. Just, have yeah. you even heard his name in the Not last couple of weeks? Not a lot. No. Eno Benjamin has received more love from, from Cliff Kingsbury than just about any of the under-the-radar players. You know what? I'm going Eno. Vote Eno? All right. 42% of our voters also voted for Eno. 42. We know how... ASU fans love the number 42 as well. Yes. 42% voted for Eno as the under-the-radar player to have the biggest impact this upcoming season. 31% voted for Dennis Gardeck. 15% say Lucky Fotu. Only 12% are voting for the Dorch. Greg Dorch. Oh, they'll be sorry after Dorch goes off for three touchdowns in Cincinnati. The Dorch Torch. That's what he's The Dorch Scorch. Greg the Dorch Dorchman. <laughs> That'll be fun to say. You're not going to sing for us, are you, Sammy? Oh, me. Somebody will get that reference. Yeah, it's yeah. not me. <laughs> not it's me. not me. Uh, but me responds, with Chandler Jones gone, Dennis Gardeck can get more playing time and be the barbarian he is known to be. How's this for a prediction? Ten sacks incoming this season. Huh. Ten sacks. But that's not the big number. How many snaps does it take for him to get it? 12. Yeah. 13. <laughs> 12 snaps, 10 sacks. He was on like that pace. Of- New world record. Yes, that's amazing. Uh, I think, excuse me, I really think Lucky Fotu will be impactful, says Seabacher44. And then. He is a massive human being, by the Lucky way. Lucky Fotu. I, know, I knew that, but being at practice Earth on mover. Monday when he walked by, I was like, my goodness, that guy's a mountain. Yeah. 
Uh, let's move on to our next question. We've spent a lot of time talking about Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns and if it actually would be a good idea for him to come into the Valley and what the Suns would need to give up and kind of how the culture would be impacted by Kevin Durant's presence. So this four-option poll, how badly do you want Kevin Durant on the Suns? More than six weeks ago, which is when he made his initial trade request at the end of June. I want him on the Suns less than I did six weeks ago. I want him on the Suns the same as six weeks ago, or I never wanted Kevin Durant to start off. I think for me, it's the same. I I think even though I've been having this battle head, heart, uh, I think that I keep coming down on the on the fact that it's Kevin Durant, yeah. and and he would make the Suns closer to a champion. Yeah, he'd make, um, he'd make them uh, even more must see television locally than they are. And as Vinny's pointed out, they would be by far the most hated team in the NBA. Piggybacking off the last Wolf and Luke promo that was played, honestly, I have to answer <laughs> a little less than six weeks ago. Really. Yeah, I mean, this this latest maneuver is a little unsavory in a mm-hmm. lot of people's eyes. And the reality is, if you go down that road and you add Kevin Durant, you are at, and I don't mean this necessarily positively or negatively, it is a volatile piece to your chemistry, which is one of the strengths of your team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do I still think there should be pursuit if he wants to be here? And if it's possible, absolutely. Just for me personally, it's a little yeah. less than it was six weeks ago. That's fair. And Suns fans would have to keep in mind, if Kevin Durant does land in the Valley, who's to say he won't pull the same thing saying James Jones has to go or Monty Williams has to go three years from now? Yeah. You yeah. know, like what makes the Suns, uh, what, what makes Suns fans think that this wouldn't also happen here? As it has in past stops. Yeah. Um, 36% of our voters say they want Kevin Durant less now than they did six weeks ago. Mm, 33% are with you, Dan, saying it's it's the same as what they thought six weeks ago. 18% say they never wanted KD in the first place. 18%? Wow. I'm surprised it's that uh, high. Same. Yeah, same. And then 13% say they want KD now more than they did when he announced his trade request wow. six weeks ago. Uh, Ryan Gard says, keep that drama out of here. I can't handle him anymore. Plus, he slandered Steve Nash. That is an unforgivable unforg- sin. I really can't talk today. Uh, <laughs> Slander's a strong word. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, was any of it warranted? Uh, and then Richard says, book Aiton Durant with a little uh, trophy emoji. So Richard is ready for him to land here. All right, let's move on to our final question. I got to be honest, guys. I completely forgot why. At we're the talking top about of the dragons. Show, yes, but why were we talking about dragons? Did you watch watch something or read something? I read Dick? something. Yeah, yeah. Read something. I, yeah I, I read something of somebody um, speculating that dragons once existed. Now, not breathing fire, but once big. Heavy reptiles with teeth, and they had like lousy this. bones, yeah. so they're not fossilized. Right. Well, they therefore, bones. there's they no had record. Bird bones. They had bird bones, so they were more hollow, they, so they did not fossilize easy. Did not take their vitamins. They did not right. drink their milk. Exactly. Exactly. No didn't take the vitamin C. No cal- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So our question is: Which fictional animal slash creature do you wish were actually real in real life? What fictional creatures would you like to see rolling around on Earth? Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not the only person who responded. Oh, really? I didn't even look oh, at the no. responses. Some, yeah, a couple people responded with Jessica Rabbit gifts. That's pretty funny. That's a cartoon. That's I don't know. Good. I'm not much into the fictional creature, dragon, oh. sci-fi kind of thing. You're not so. a Chupacabra fan? or I mean, I guess Chewbacca I, would be kind of cool. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. What about Yoda? A couple people responded with Yoda and some Harry Potter what creations. a unicorn. A jackalope was actually maybe the most popular response. Really? The the horned jackrabbit. Uh, Desert Dirtbag says the fictional creature he wish were real is women without emotional trauma. Oh, come on. Oh, oh come on. Yeah, I'm going to fight He's, you about that one. He said that, not us. <laughs> no, I'm going to fight him about that one. <laughs> Uh, this is a good one from AZ Kid. Fish, fictional cr- creature, can I talk today, that you wish were real? A zipped-lipped Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah. No chance of that ever happening. <laughs> Somebody's put a gif of the Predator. You don't oh, want the Predator to be alive. That? No way. No. A Liger from Napoleon Dynamite. It's pretty much my favorite animal. Gosh. <laughs> and then Chef Allen responded, Man Bear Pig from South, South Park. Park. That's funny. Ivan said the chicken that laid the golden eggs. It's a goose that lays the golden eggs, not a chicken. (laughs) I mean, you could, I guess, create it, right? Because it's fictional. I don't know. A snuffle up, I guess. He walks up a snuffle up, I guess. There you go. Snuffle up, I guess. Good answer. That's a good one. That might be the silliest social studies question we've ever asked. Oh, I, don't I don't know. That it's, is saying something. <laughs> it's a race. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, social thanks. studies. That's uh, every morning, 9 o'clock, at Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. A little more Twitter action coming up, maybe a little bit later on. Yes. Uh, coming up next, Roger Goodell's got strong thoughts on the appeal of Deshaun Watson, which makes us ask a bunch of questions about it. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Well, as you know, it's part of the CBA. Uh, the, the two parties had that right. Uh, either party could uh, could uh, certainly challenge uh, and appeal that. And that was something that we thought was our right to do, as well as the NFLPS, and we decided it was the right thing to do. Why go back to seeking the full year suspension? Because we've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. Uh, she reinforced the evidence uh, that there was uh, multiple violations here, and they were egregious, and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt, um, we always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. A little pitch problem on that I don't side know what happened there. I don't know why Roger Goodell sounded like this. But that's the way he sounded when I asked oh, he, him I'm, to leave the I'm question. Sorry. No, he was wearing a Bane mask at the time. I forgot to tell you. Vince, did you really just manipulate your voice like I that? I really did. What? <laughs> oh, my god! I had listened to that earlier, and it was fine, and then it sounded like it was all slowed down. Uh, but that was, indeed, Roger Goodell. Uh, not Roger Goodell. I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodell, uh, Commissioner Goodell. <laughs> Welcome to the NFL. Rob Walton. Um, Commissioner Goodell. All right. When you hear Roger Goodell answer the question like that, why push for the the, the year long suspension? And some of the language he used in the answer, uh, egregious behavior, um, predatory behavior, it just leads everybody to the same question. If that is your stance, and you are the ultimate, 
you know, lawgiver in yeah. the NFL. Why have you pawned this off on exactly. two different people exactly. instead of handling the justice yourself? Exactly. That's that's the big question here. And and why why is Roger Goodell going so hard after Deshaun Watson? I'm not saying Deshaun Watson doesn't deserve it, but there seems to be there seems to be some extra juice behind this because generally, if you were a commissioner and, and you would you had an athlete um, do what Deshaun Watson did, and yet he's a quarterback for one of your franchises, and you have you have tasked a judge with arbiting and, and seeing over this case. I, I, I'm real curious what's motivating him to go and and come at Deshaun Watson as hard as he is, given given their record um, in this arena in the past, which has not been very good. So is it is it a nod to the public relations of it all? Mm. Is it or or is it really about the rest of the NFL getting its pound of flesh that, you know, Roger, Roger Goodell, he talks to them all. There's certain power brokers in the NFL. The biggest are Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones. And and they there might be an axe to grind with with Jimmy Haslam of the Cleveland Browns. Maybe Um, it just it doesn't. To, to me, it indicates at least, and this might be naive thinking by me, that the process of handing it off to an independent arbiter and Sue L. Robinson mm. was legit. Like, let's see what happens in in this finding, uh, as opposed to Roger Goodell instructing Sue L. Robinson, hey, wink, wink, you're our independent arbiter, but you got to come down hard on this guy to set the tone. Um it appears to be a legit process. I just don't – again, I don't understand the operation of delegating twice. No. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, since we've been on the subject of, of long investigations, this one's dragging on pretty long too. Mm-hmm. And and so really it's like if Roger Good if Roger Goodall has seen the evidence <laughs> and he – then just, then just adjudicate it. Suspend him. Uh, this will never get old. I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodall, uh, Commissioner Goodall. That's just great. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Com- sorry. Commissioner Goodall. How much did the Walton Group pay for the Broncos? Four, $4 billion. Somewhere? Four and a half. Almost five, like $4.7 or something. $4 billion. The day you get approved as an owner, you mispronounce the commissioner's yeah. name. All right. Four point six five. Billion, and you don't know how to say the commissioner's name. I mean, it's going to be a new promo. It's going to be Burns and Gambo, good old six. <laughs> Roger Goodall. That is just so classic. Not that Roger Goodall himself hasn't been uh, immune from butchering names, oh, mostly during the draft. Froster. Remember did, that guy, Jarrett? How did he say Tua's name during the draft? Oh, right. Remember oh, he butchered that, that one? I gotta find it. Do we do we have that? We absolutely have it. <laughs> Tag of Alunga. No, you're talking about Tua Tungavalawa. Oh, that was not. Oh, that's hor- pretty bad. That's not horrible. Uh, Tua Tungavalawa. Ruben Froster is still the best. <laughs> um, Mike Florio has got a piece on Pro Football Talk today, asking the question: Peter Harvey is the next guy handling the appeal process for the NFL. If he could bar Deshaun Watson from playing in the preseason, I mean, who cares? He's not going to play in the preseason anyway. Yeah, that doesn't make – yeah. What? (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the The whole thing is just the whole thing is bizarre. Apparently, when when uh, when Deshaun Watson was told it was after practice one day, he was told that the NFL was going to appeal that sentence. Apparently, is he was looked stunned that this was still going on. I don't know. It's I. I, I I think I speak for you. I'm I'm tired of Deshaun Watson and the Browns and all of it. There's a lot of stories that I'm tired of in mm-hmm. the NFL. At least we got to check off the Kyler Murray contract extension box. That one yes. that one's been eliminated from the checklist. But that one, um, the Ruben Froster. You knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. Right right on your fingertips, Jarrett. Way to go. <laughs> right on. <laughs> right on cue. Very time. I'm sure that in Baltimore, I've seen NCAA investigations move faster than that. I wonder if uh, in Baltimore they're feeling the same way we felt because that Lamar Jackson contract thing is even odder than the Kyler Murray one, and yes. it has lasted longer, and it's sort of been handled differently. I'm tired of that story. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade rumor story. Every day there's a different angle on that. and mm-hmm. Even Kyle Shanahan is still talking. I've heard of no trade rumors for Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not keeping him. Stop, it would yeah. be financially irresponsible for you to keep him past the, you know, the, the, the cut-down day. Uh, going back to what Tyler Drake put out there, too, on the uh, Cardinals. Kyler Murray again throwing on the side, not doing much else. Hollywood Brown not participating in drills. So if you were counting on the preseason slash regular season, that remains to be seen. But... Getting good work in, building chemistry, getting on the same page. It's not just those guys. I mean, Rodney Hudson hasn't been out there much. Right. There's some key pieces to this offense that have not blended together. No, I agree. I, if, if you were looking for if, – if you were of the belief this, this team needed to maximize time together and maximize camaraderie and maximize reps, that hasn't happened. And it isn't – and it's really not the fault of the design. There's just been a lot of things. There was Kyler Murray's wrist, the COVID, um, Holly would brown all that stuff so i I don't yeah i I agree with you it's been less than ideal but but i also believe that it's not that big of a deal that's uh, that's where i come down on the whole thing that it's it's really largely a superfluous exercise yeah maybe that goes away as we get further into the preseason um you know, using the old model uh, that the third preseason game was the most important. Maybe now it's the second, so mm-hmm. maybe we'll see a little bit of a ramp up. But I, I still don't expect Kyler to play. But maybe no. a little bit more work during the week. It's I, all, it's, I it's, don't it's, think we're going to see Kyler Murray play a down of preseason football for the rest of his career. Probably, what I believe They're taking away the. Uh, extra preseason game. It doesn't seem that that has replaced like the fourth preseason game. It seems like that replaced the game where the starters played. Yeah, maybe. And they're just yeah. treating the other three like the other three. You might be right. Uh, you can text your thoughts as always to the FanDuel text line. It's always open at six twenty six twenty. Coming up next, it is uh, Wednesday. We got to figure out what we're doing next. It's time for Jared to spin the wheel of benchmarks. Ask us anything. Was that Roger Goodell making that announcement? No, that was me. That, by the way, the anticlimactic nature of this, it's already out on Twitter what we're doing. <laughs> That's fine. Not everyone's on Twitter. It's theater of the mind. What a happy coincidence that you were soliciting questions on, on social media earlier. You know, Jared's just Jared's, like spinning a wheel. He's a wow. preparer. Yeah. He's always prepared. That's it. Having all your bases covered, right? Yeah. 
It's like the Mariners last night against the Yankees. That's what we'll do next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Hey, everyone. Welcome on back to Bickley and Murata Mornings here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Glad to have you all with us. It is 9.30, so we're going to ArizonaSports.com now for today's poll question, guys. Looking ahead to the preseason for the Arizona Cardinals of these four players. Which Cardinals rookie are you most excited to see in the three preseason games? Trey McBride, MyJ Sanders, Cameron Thomas, or Keontae Ingram? I mentioned Thomas and Sanders early. I, th- I think we're going to see quite a bit of them starting on Friday. I don't, based on where Trey McBride is on the depth chart, I don't know where, how much we see him. But yeah. overall, I want, I, I'm curious to see how he fits into the offense more. I, I would answer him. One vote for McBride? Yeah, that, the same here. Me too. I mean, it, it's because I, I heard such glowing reports for the guy. It was such an unconventional pick for the Cardinals where they took him. Yeah, I want to see what he's all about. Yeah. No surprise, he is the leading vote receiver right ah, now. Okay. 56% of our voters say Trey McBride is the rookie they are most excited to see in the preseason. From there, it goes 22% for Cameron Thomas, 15% for MyJ Sanders, 7% for Keontae Ingram. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thank That's you. today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it right now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Next question. Don't ask me any more questions about this. That's a great question. (laughs) That's the dumbest damn question I've ever heard in my life. I swear to God. All right. It is time for an Ask Me Anything Wednesday. And this is where you, the listener, tweet us your questions about sports, pop culture, life that you've always wanted Dan Bickley or Vince Murata or Sarah or myself to answer. And Sarah and I will go through them and ask you guys our favorites. All right, let's yes. do it. Sarah, why don't you begin? Okay. Social studies class clown wants to know, what is the origin of Cam <laughs> Johnson? I listen to the show a lot, and I have no idea where it's from. It came from uh, NBA draft night a few years ago when when Gambo got a heads up. The Suns were about to select Cam Johnson, and in the midst of the live broadcast, he just said Cam Johnson, and nobody had any clue who he was yep. talking about, what the context was, anything. And Burnsy just went, Cam Johnson, <laughs> Cam Johnson, right? That's what it was, <laughs> Cam. <laughs> right. That's you what translate it was. for us, please. It was Gamble breaking news in real time about a player nobody knew uh, had a clue who he was. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to find the, the, the drop, and I can't find it anywhere. If you search Cam and the Burns and Gambo drops, it only comes with Gambo making out with camels. Oh! I don't know what that... The camel's kissing me, full-on making out with me. So, that's well, the closest I mean, thing. He, oh. he does take some exotic vacation. Oh, that's, that is exotic. <laughs> this is from uh, AZ Sports Fan 602 And you can define this however you want, but who is the most famous person that you've ever met in person. Ooh, the most famous person I've ever met. Do you have one off the top well, of your it's head? It's got to be Michael Jordan for oh, me. Oh, yeah. I've never met Michael I, mean, I don't Jordan. know who's more famous than that. I've got LeBron James. Okay. You've met LeBron James. 
Oh. I covered All Star Weekend when it was here, when I was a student. Oh, oh. look at you. Uh, was it a pleasurable experience? It was. It was a delight. He actually introduced himself first. Ugh. Wow. I know. Little sophomore Sarah Cazell was like, hot yeah. damn, look Sliding at Sliding into your DMs there, no Sarah? DMs, no DMs. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. Quit answering for her. <laughs> I'm just perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with an answer here. Well, I'll give you your answer is the same as mine then, probably. John McCain. John McCain was definitely mm-hmm. one that came to mind. That's a famous one. Yeah. Almost president. Yeah. I guess none, none of you have ever met a president, either former or current? No. 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 Jared, have you? I've met several no. future presidents. Though. Oh, yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. All right. I saw it was in the same restaurant as Muhammad Ali, but I never uh, met him. I did. Oh, okay. th- I had that same experience, but I did not bother him. I feel like a lot of people yeah. in Arizona have run yeah. into him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vince Murata, this question is for you from Uh-oh. Ricky Rocks. Would you take 20 more consecutive wins for ASU over U of A in football? The streak goes to 25. But the U of A men's basketball team wins the 2023 national championship. Would you take that deal? No. No. It's, I mean, the football wins are going to happen anyway. I don't need to take a deal for that to happen. Hey. Oh, boy. <laughs> you hold on to that hope. I don't want another NCAA tournament to be cheapened and ruined by that team winning. <laughs> okay. You said it. All right, Jared Carlin, you want to read another question or you want me to take this? Why don't you take one more here? Okay, here's one from Terrence. Why does Dan Bickley hate teams from Arizona? Oh, so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Can you please tell them why you don't hate teams from Arizona? Well, no. Why you're comfortable it, criticizing teams from Arizona? Yeah, it's it's really just it's it's trying to to be objective and and for some reason there's a segment of sports fans who believe people in the media should be carrying pom poms for the teams. Yes, that's not the deal. That right, our job Sarah? is to root. No, which it is not. Well, also, Dan grew up as an objective journalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's part of the that's deal. That's how he looks at things. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is for all of us, essentially. Now that we're nearly a year into it, how do you view working in the mornings compared to other shifts you've worked throughout your life? I've done mornings for the majority of my radio career, so it was just getting back to my roots. <laughs> getting back to your roots. <laughs> I grew up in this business in morning radio. Yeah, right? Um, You're it, just a morning zoo kind of guy. I Vinny. am. Hey. <laughs> How about for you, Bick? How's mornings? Oh, great. I No, listen, I, I'm... I'm it's it's a blessing and a curse for me that I burn very hot in the morning. I do. I just and I'm way too much for my family in the morning. You mean way too much. But you mean you burn hot in the morning after the pre-show meeting. That's true. I don't burn it all in the pre-show That's so true. meeting. Not I even don't. a flicker in the pre-show meeting. This is the God's honest truth. Not saying this to make our bosses feel better. I actually really love doing the morning shift. I thought it was going to be torture. Yeah. I get home before it's the PM. That's yeah, pretty great. That great. I yeah, love that. that is yeah. that is a great part of it. And I must say that the show goes by fast. I just told Bix the other day. I think I told you this. I was so tired. I don't remember who I talked to. <laughs> uh, the show goes by fast. The weeks go by very fast. They do. Yeah, I don't feel like draggy at all. Yeah, anymore. I'm into it. Yeah. All right, one more. Who uh, uh, for all of you? Who is your favorite uh, non-team sports athlete of all time? 
favorite individual yes. athlete of all time. So, yeah, you know. Um, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. I was a John McEnroe. I was a huge Tommy Hearns fan when I was. Were a you kid. really? Yeah, I love Thomas the Hitman Hearns. McEnroe's up near the top of my list. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you I had loved a, you John had an affinity McEnroe. for Usain Bolt covering the. I did. Oh sure. Yeah, he was uh, extremely entertaining. But you just didn't get get enough of them. That's that's the issue with those yeah. those great guys like that. How often do you see him perform? Yeah, yeah. Michael Phelps, pretty high on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, in golf, for me, Roger Maltby. No, I'm just trying. <laughs> that's funny. Duffy Waldorf, Greg Stadler, Jared, big Walrus have, fan. Do you have a, an answer? Uh, I always liked Lennox Lewis, the boxer, actually. Even though he wasn't in sort of like the great era of boxing, mm-hmm. I, I always liked just how big and dominant he was. Yeah. I think Nastia Lukin's my vote. The U.S. gymnast Nastia Lukin. Yeah. She, she just graceful, gorgeous. You know who Everything I really... about her gymnastics was beautiful. Christy Yamaguchi. Oh! I don't know why, but I, I liked her as a child. Yeah. If you would have well, asked this like question... She was like ice princess back then. Yeah. Six months ago, Bick would have had a different answer. Oh. Uh, that's probably true. He would have. That's probably but true. But now his name shall oh. not be spoken. Live and let die, as and, they say. Mm-hmm. Another one of Bick's buddies showed up on NFL Network this morning. Chris Johnson was on NFL oh, Network yeah, this morning. Oh, yeah, my buddy. How's your knee doing, Chris? I'm great, man. Next day, Chris Johnson out for the year. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Well, there you go. That's an edition of Ask Us Anything. We learned a lot today. Can, yeah. we, can we learn more before we get out of here? <laughs> like, whether or not... Being a Major League Baseball team broadcaster should be an a la carte affair. I'll tell you more about oh, that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Song of the Day. What do we got here, Vinny? Um, this. On this date, in 1984, the first ever album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, called the Red Hot Chili Peppers, was released in 1984, wow. 38 years ago. This, this is, is track three, called Buckle Down. Wow. One of the few songs on the album that did not have any expletives in the lyrics. Is that right? Doesn't sound like it has many lyrics at all. It doesn't. <laughs> huh? The Red Hot Chili Peppers to me are a... I don't know. It sounds like the Talking Heads or something. Some of the uh, some of their stuff I really like. Same. And some, some of their of stuff so I re- absolutely can't stand. Yeah. I'm, right with, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I think they're, they're mid. They're sus. To use the language. I wouldn't call them sus. I they're, they're, not they're, mid. they're mid. They're not bussing. They're not Absolutely bussing. not. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's just a what a long career though. Yeah, thirty eight years. Remember the first time I heard of them was when I got to my my dorm room for the first time in college. In the lobby, they had a Red Hot Chili Peppers poster hanging up, and I I was sheltered as a high school student. I didn't know who they were yet. I will say <laughs> now, when they all perform shirtless, they all look like beef jerky. 
<laughs> that well, there's this new. Uh, yeah. There's two documentaries about Woodstock '99. They played that, and uh, the footage from from their set is kind of disturbing because. Flea was butt naked the whole time. Well, that's true. <laughs> he was butt naked the whole time. There you go. Red Hot Chili Peppers today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. And Jared, you're Brought making you fun of Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call <laughs> Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Making fun of who? You're making fun of other people going shirtless, Jared. You know what you would look like shirtless, yeah, some, Jared? One of the Ask Me Anythings was, what is... Uh, Jarrett actually wear for an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> and I was going to, if that was asked, I was going to answer why well, I just take my shirt off. There you go. There. Right. Oh, he just God. tapes a couple of bows to his, oh. his chest sweater. <laughs> um, Daily <laughs> Dose of Vinnie Joe Trivia. Sweater. I wasn't going to ask this, uh, but I, I came across this fact in my research. Today is also a wrestling anniversary. So this is for Jarrett specifically. What? On this date, August 10th, 1977. All right. Before he was even Hulk Hogan, Terry mm. Bollea made his professional wrestling debut in an outfit called the CWF. Jared, you know a lot about wrestling. Do you know who his opponent was that day? <laughs> I don't. No? No. Brian Blair. Ah, B. Brian Blair of the Killer Bees. Is that who it was? Yeah. Of the, the 80s tag team where they used to dress up like bees. That was their gimmick. Super cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's bussing. <laughs> Buzzing, 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 buzzing. Yeah, buzzing. But why is it S's then? No, no, I'm saying the bees were buzzing. Oh, the bees were buzzing. It's a pun about bees. (laughs) I gotcha. It makes sense. I can't imagine it a more beautiful thing. (laughs) I hope you have a bee-tastic day. Oh boy. Um, oh, boy. In the New York Mets game, uh, Keith Hernandez, Gary Cohen in the booth, and uh, they're playing the Reds. And Keith Hernandez starts to describe a couple of reasons why he's going to miss some upcoming broadcasts. Then it got a little weird. Listen to this. Says the night game in the day-night doubleheader. I miss both Philly series. I have to go this weekend to St. Louis for the 40th anniversary of 82. I'll join you in Atlanta. And then and I what's your a, excuse the following weekend? It's a scheduled uh, scheduled uh, off off series. And you know, I've expressed to the to the front office, not the Met front office, our front office of SNY, that that I I hate doing Philly games. So I guess they gave they gave me to get the series off. You hate doing Philly games? Oh, because they always never seem to. Up and in fastball, uh, they never seem to uh, disappoint. I mean, they, they, over the years, now they're hot right now. But I would like to see them. But you know, as far as fundamentally and defensively, the Phillies have always been just you know not up to it. Maybe we can shoehorn you into the schedule now that they're playing well and maybe up to your standards. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Is that weird? Uh, a little bit. He admitted that on the air. I hate doing Phillies games because fundamentally and defensively they're not up to it. Was Keith in his right mind in the booth? I'm not sure. I'm Keith Hernandez. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought that was very strange. It is odd. And he will be mercifully tortured anytime he does a series in Philadelphia from now until the end of his career. Oh, my goodness. Because of it. Uh, The other big story of the day. Happened last night at Chase Field. Astro slides into third. His phone comes out of his pocket. Now that's a first. <laughs> and 
There's Adam Hammery. Dude, your phone is down. Hey, right there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great still photo. It's it's it is a very high end iPhone. I think it's a 13 because it's got the, it the, the souped it's up very camera. Nice. And when he when he handed it to his third base coach, the guy was just dripping with disdain. Like, come on, dude. Uh, now and Rodolfo Castro had I, just been called back to the majors that day. Up. Yeah. And he's got a phone in his back pocket. I'm telling you, this is the this is the separation anxiety that a young generation has with their phones. Can't leave them behind. His quote after the game, he told Pittsburgh media members, "quote I don't think there's any professional baseball player that would ever go out there with any intentions of taking a cell phone. It's horrible. It happened to me. Obviously, it was very unintentional." Rory McIlroy, of all people, came out and said, you know what, uh, I really had to work on not checking my phone in the middle of rounds. And I thought, what? What? Wow. In the middle of a competition? I mean, you can make fun of Rodolfo Castro all you want. I think this is way better than the 80s when people like Tim Raines had to slide headfirst to, provo- to uh, protect the cocaine vials in his back pocket. <laughs> That's right. There you go. That's it could, exactly It could right. be a lot worse. <laughs> Clearly, he was trying to listen to the uh, broadcast on 98.7 FM, Arizona <laughs> oh. Sports Station. Great. The play-by-play Great while app. he was yeah, on the streaming app. Way to go, Jarrett. Let me get the plug in. The Arizona Sports app. Yeah. <laughs> Take it with you anywhere. <laughs> Thanks to Jordan Rodriguez, Kellen Olson for joining us. Thanks to you for hanging out. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 6. Wolf and Luke up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports app.